Well, welcome to Dr. Bingo Fairmont's Management Minute. Dr. Fairmont is busy. He's out rocking the Casbah today. I know, right? Dr. Russell Clayton and Dr. Adam Shoemaker here to represent his interests. And we are back from our summer hiatus to bring you some more episodes and information about management and all topics organizational. Coming to you from the St. Louis University Donald R. Tapia School of Business Studio. And Russell, how are you doing? I'm doing great. You mentioned summer hiatus. Yes. That tan looks great on you, Shu. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I am quite pale. I don't tan. So (laughs) uh, you can just quote that I look much like the whiteness of our paper here. You you do, but that's all right, though. Now, speaking about summer, you know, the boys of summer, that's what we call baseball. Baseball, guys. Now, everybody's favorite former NFL quarterback, Tim Tebow. Oh, man. Is there anything that guy can't can do? (laughs) <laughs> That's one way to put it. So a lot of guys have been, or a couple of guys, have been big stars in two sports, right? Right. You've got uh, Neon Dion Sanders. Oh, yeah. You've got Bo Jackson. Yes. He was an all-star for both sports. And what from you, Auburn, War Eagle. Uh, go man. Go War Eagles. Is, uh, is Tebow ready for baseball? I you didn't know, follow his football too well, but I, I know that it wasn't a real strong suit for him in the majors. Yeah. So I think here's the scoop on Tebow. He's an athlete. He wasn't. He was an athlete playing quarterback in college. I see. That gets the job done. The pros, you kind of got to be a quarterback to play quarterback. He was mediocre at best. Okay. You know, the calls, especially from our hometown, Tampa Bay Bucks, uh, was, you know, change positions. Be a tight end. Be a receiver. Right. Uh, in fact, some speed, right, in fact, the GM, guy. yeah, the GM yeah. for the Bucks has gone on record saying he would have signed him if he would have just switched positions. Huh. Okay, that said, he's a little bit stubborn. Now he wants to play baseball. He had a good tryout, but you know, granted, he was hitting batting practice. Right. Right. Um, but but he got a spot. I mean, he's not playing in the MLB. He's in right. the instructional league for the Mets. Right. Uh-huh. He's and uh, but I've heard that he's got. He's got a bridge agreement for his jersey, right? Which means right. that they're selling his jersey in the Mets store oh, or yeah. online as a potential player who's going to be called up pretty soon. Right. You know, time will tell. Time will tell. I tell you what, he's going to sell tickets no matter where he is. That's right. You know, if he comes close to where we are, I'll probably go. If he ends up playing against the Tampa Yankees minor league team, I'll probably go. You just go. I'm, shell out I'm, ten bucks to see him. You play got it. The yeah. big bucks for Tebow, and you get a free hot dog. So you know, you that's got good. it. All right, and it's a pretty sweet stadium for the minor leagues. Fantastic. They talk, got a great deal down there. Now, talk to me about what we're going to uh, what we're going to chat about today. Whistleblowing. Well, today we're talking about whistleblowing, and I think that it's important for a lot of people to realize that it, it, this is a long. Uh, a topic with a long history, and this is something that's, that goes all the way back in the U.S. to to the Civil War, and even before that in, in Europe and other countries. Uh, back in during the Civil War days, uh, the the U.S. government passed what was called the False Claims Act, which is still on the books today. Okay, that was in place to give a percentage of dollars and protection from retaliation to people if they called out some kind of fraud on the part of a military supplier. So if you know your military supplier is cutting corners, not shipping what they say they're shipping, and you right. call that out the government's going to give you some of the money that they mm, okay. you know, got back from that uh, and also protect you from them coming after you and saying you know you're not a team player and etc so recently as you as you're probably aware the edward snowden movie right. is coming out that's right very famous government whistleblower but the government is not quite the same as the private sector right right so how how are private sector employees protected from 
uh, whistleblowing or protected as whistleblowers. And then there's a couple of examples that we could look at recently. Uh, GM, as you're aware, mm -hmm. uh, in the early 2000s started having trouble with ignition switches on some of their cars where the car would cut off in the middle of driving. Right. And people were having accidents left and right. And they had a guy, Cortland Kelly, you can mm -hmm. Google this guy, who said, look, this has been a problem. Back in 2003, he said this. And it mm. took until almost 2015, I think, for GM to sort this out and to recall all these cars that had this ignition switch problem. Uh, and another guy, uh, Peter Rost, is okay. another one you can Google. He's worth looking at. Called himself the healthcare hitman. The healthcare hitman. He worked for three or four different pharmaceutical companies and, and called out when they were having you know illicit business practices mm. or trying to cut corners or, or sell drugs that weren't really uh, approved for what they were selling them for. And he got some, some heat for that. So one of the things to understand about being a whistleblower is it's not an easy thing to do. It's, there's going to be some pressure on you. Right. You will not be the popular guy in the room. That's it. That's it. Now, there's lots of different laws uh, that cover whistleblowers. Uh, in general, these are enforced by OSHA, which is something that I actually just learned. I didn't realize that OSHA yeah, is the governing is, body. That is news to me. Right, for whistleblower laws to make sure these whistleblowers are protected from retaliation. Uh, and most of the protections under law are, are pretty similar for any kind of uh, industry you can be in. Uh, and one of the things I thought was interesting as well is uh, these laws protect you even against the perception of whistleblowing. So if something happens and somebody gets called out and they think, well, that must have been Clayton because he's a troublemaker. Sure. But it wasn't even you, and you get some kind of bad employment consequence because of it, you're protected, even though you weren't the guy who blew the whistle. Right, and I believe that's important because as we tell our students many times, perception equals reality. It's true. So that is, I think that is huge that the law protects even the perception of whistleblowing. Exactly. So that's important for sure. Uh, and another thing to know about some of these laws is that they vary. The different laws for different industries vary in terms of when you have to report in order to be covered by the whistleblower protection laws. Uh, for example, if it's a, if it's a, a violation of a safety issue uh, under the Occupational Safety and Health Act, you only have about a 30-day window to report that and still be protected okay. as a so whistleblower. Okay, so you got to get that in quick. Right. If it's something a little bit more lengthy, like you're talking about corporate ethics or there's accounting scandals, and we're talking about the Sarbanes-Oxley Act, uh, there you have almost six months. You have 180 days okay. to make that happen. Uh, and it turns out that most of these laws are pretty flexible in how you can file, so that's important. Uh, and it gives you lots of different avenues to do that. Uh, one other thing to know is what, what do I have to be able to prove, right? And, and really there's, there's two standards. Okay. Either you have to have direct evidence and say, listen, I blew the whistle on this illicit practice. Uh -huh. And then they said, you're not a team player. You're going to suffer some kind of adverse action, right? You got fired or you got demoted or you got transferred somewhere no one wants to be. That's pretty clear, right? They told you right. that. Most employers aren't going to call you out and say, you blew the whistle, and so we're going to punish you because right. they know they're going to be liable for that. Right. So even if there's inference, right, even if you can say, listen, I, I reported on a violation, the employer knows it was me or found out it was me or dug it up and figured out it was me, and then later on something bad happened, and they said, oh, no, it wasn't because of that. You know what? You might still have a case. You're probably going to be able to go to court with this if you got a good lawyer because the timing is the real prima facie evidence. Okay. They fired you or they did this action because of this issue that you whistle blew. Dr. Fairmont's out rocking the Casbah. Rocking the Casbah. If he were here, what would he say to us? You know, how would how would he what would he say to protect us? What would he say to make sure that our claims are don't fall on deaf ears? Great, Talk to me. Great questions. And I think there's really some important things to remember. As you said, it's not easy to blow the whistle. It's important. It's a good ethical thing to do, but it's not something that you 
want to take lightly. So make sure you're doing it the right way. If you need to blow the whistle, make sure you talk to the employer first, right? Some laws don't require it, but it's the right thing to do, right? Say to the employer, hey, I see a problem. Can we fix it? And, and probably the majority of the time, if the employer's got good ethics, they're going to try to fix it before it goes to that stage. Right. Right. So consider that first. Make sure you're aware of which law you're protected under, if any, right? So, so you know what your filing dates are and, and what kind of protections you have specifically. Make sure you get those claims in with proper timing, right, yeah. if you have a claim. And, and another thing to consider in this day of social media and, and Facebook and people complaining about stuff, and this is actually going to segue into, I think, your next topic that we yes. talk about in our yeah. next podcast. Don't just blast out and say, oh, this company is so illicit and they're doing bad things. Don't put that on your Facebook account. Don't, you know, don't send letters to the president of the United States and tell them this. Follow the proper channels. Follow the proper right? channels. That's, Otherwise, that's right. you're, just, you're just complaining, right? You're not whistleblowing. There There's you go. There. there you have it. So that's about all the time we have today, Shu. Um, we want to thank the St. Leo University Donald R. Tapia School of Business for allowing us to record here in the studio. We want to thank Sean Gibbons, our technical engineer, and also our editor. And we want to thank bensound.com for the great intro and outro music. If you see Dr. Fairmont, please tell him. We're looking for him. He's rocking the gas pump. He is. 